Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Stephanie Zong, creator of the Own Your Message program. Welcome, Stephanie. Hey, Lee. It's good to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about your practice. Absolutely. So I am a brand story coach for, and I help um, entrepreneurs and coaches and difference makers find and own their unique brand story so that they can eliminate competition and just own their unique lane of influence and grow their business and impact naturally with their story. And the Own Your Message program is one that I created as the first student myself when I was in the middle of a career change and thinking about how to make a pivot in a powerful way as somebody who's normally afraid of selling. So the people who tend to come to me are people who have amazing vision. Their clients love what they do and they're brilliant, but they tend to hide out. And so story, when we can connect to our authentic story, it allows us to compel rather than sell people. And it makes the process of sharing and connecting with our dream clients really easy. So now what's your backstory? How did you get into uh, coaching in this space? So I got into coaching from my background is I've been passionate. I mean, passionate, addicted to storytelling since I was a kid. And um, I had been doing all different realms of storytelling along the way, not realizing I could turn it into a career. So early on, I I had been a writing teacher. And then I was in the early days of radio as a, uh, a pod, you know, as a producer for a public radio station. I had been a marketing director and I had um, been a blogger and secretly there was something in me that always felt that one thing that was really missing is our own agency to connect some of the most brilliant parts of ourselves never come to the table, right? Like, so when we're applying for jobs or when we are pitching ourselves, we tend to lead with education and accomplishments and degrees and certifications. And there's so much underneath us in terms of our identity, our personal experience, our life experience, and our business experience that cross cuts everything that I felt like I like I used to hide out a lot. But what I, when I looked back at my earlier um, career, what I didn't realize I was doing was that oftentimes I was a wild card in my, in my job search and that I had been using storytelling intuitively to get jobs that I wasn't the obvious person for. And um, so as a result, like I had been able to pivot across those different careers because I was able to translate different parts of me that people didn't expect would be a value into 
the next, the next thing. And it was mainly because I knew that on paper, people wouldn't think I would be the one that they wanted. So I was always doing this kind of soul searching and, and crafting a narrative to say, Hey, I might not be the person on paper you were looking for with this degree or that credential, but here is what I can bring that is of unique value. And then I would get the job, you know? So that turned into something for me as I had become a storytelling as a mark storytelling brought it into marketing. I started thinking about it when I was in my own business, how to be able to bring all these pieces together. And then I realized I really wanted to help so many people I was meeting who are brilliant, but they just hide out and they remain a best kept secret, especially coaches, right? Because coaches are so passionate about transformational change. And it's so hard to talk about change that's inner work, right? And so I felt like I really wanted to, just like I needed to empower myself to show up fully, like bring all the dimensions of me that are valuable to the table in my brand. Suddenly talking to people became fun. Um, and instead of hiding out, like I started to shine and I wanted to do that for others. Now, uh, you're using the word brand and branding and and specifically personal branding. Um, I've been involved in marketing and advertising for many years, and I think branding is kind of neglected because it, for some people don't see the ROI associated with it. And it, it seems like kind of a fluffy thing that is, is difficult to kind of um, explain or show. But I believe that it's one of those things that, even if you don't think you're putting energy towards branding, you're branding. Uh, the the consumer, or the customer, or the prospect is coming up with a uh, a brand for you, whether you're trying or not. So you might as well put some intentionality behind it so that you're communicating what it is you want to communicate. Um, it sounds like you were able to kind of identify what your secret sauce is and you were able to get folks who might not see that, or maybe they made some assumptions about you, uh, that you were able to kind of either get in the door with those people and have a conversation to explain that you do have what they're looking for. Can you share like, um, a specific example of how that played out? Like what's an example yeah. of somebody who might've put you in one box and you were able to kind of get in there and communicate, well, it might look like I'm this, but really you're, I believe you're trying to solve this problem and I can help you do that. Absolutely. So um, the first time this happened to me, I was a senior in college and I was an English and African-American studies double major, which are probably the two least marketable majors you could find in college. And I had a business minor. Uh, when I got out of school, we were in a major recession where even I remember seeing on the news that they went to Harvard and interviewed all of these um, business, you know, majors who had wallpapered their apartments with rejection letters. And I remember thinking, my gosh, if they can't get jobs, how in the world am I going to get a job? Right. So I had to do really, I sat down and did the inner work and I thought, and I had to translate what would an English degree and an African-American studies degree offer to the business world. And then it's the way I saw storytelling. Again, this was intuitive, but I do it much more strategically today when I coach people through it. 
And I, by the way, since people can't see me, I'm also Asian American. So I might as well have worn a unicorn costume to these interviews, right? So what it is, is like, you're not going to be everything to everybody. Like you're not going to be everyone's favorite cup of coffee, but you're going to be somebody's favorite chai latte. And so I, when I realized at that time that those, the cultural competency that I was building in terms of being Asian and, and studying African-American studies, and then also the communications piece and some of the aspects of my English courses, like covered issues of ethics and things like that, that in business you need. So when I went out and thought about, looked at businesses, I noticed that GE had been, this was really early on before diversity, equity, inclusiveness was even a thing, by the way. So I was kind of mining that value in my own work. And then the Wall Street Journal put out um, uh, put out an article saying that GE was like the first Fortune 500 company to then invest millions of dollars into a diversity initiative. Um, so when I ap- applied, I wrote in my double down on my difference, basically in the cover letter, I had done the research about what they were doing, why they were doing it. And then I directly tied my experience to that piece and landed an interview there. And then when I landed the interview and I went on site, there was a manager who brought me in and he had redlined my entire cover letter. And he had said, did you write this letter yourself? I said, yes, I did. He goes, well, in this paragraph, you say, you know, you claim this degree. He was just grilling me so hard about what in the world does an English degree have to do with finance? And this was an aerospace industry. And I talked about one of the classes I had taken around, you know, ethics and pieces. And so he started throwing these ethical questions that he has to deal with on the daily at me and how I would handle those things. And so at the end of the interview, actually, he was grilling me so hard. And I thought, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't doesn't want me here. But I felt like this responsibility to all humanities people to demonstrate what kind of critical thinking skills I had and about how cultural competency, you're going to need that if you're going to spend millions of dollars recruiting diverse people. But if you realize that culturally people um, giving them examples of how people view time differently, how are you going to get the best productivity out of people? So at the end of the interview, he said, you know, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to highly recommend you for this. And I hope you come to work with me. And when I got out of the interview, the person who was leading me said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, why? He said, because he's known to make his own people cry and you were in there an extra 30 minutes. And so we got into, I think, deeper conversations about business. Like I can learn the numbers, right? But fundamentally, if you're going to have a return, you need to understand how to bring out the best in your people. And so helping him to see another lens of that led him to want to hire me. And so I got the job. Now, um, what do you think was the reason that he pulled your resume out of the pile of all these resumes? Because without him doing that, you wouldn't have had the conversation that led to the job. The The conversation is what closed the job, maybe. But right. what was happening a step before that got you in front of the decision maker that enabled you to shine and to get the job? 
Right. So this is what, what I believe about brand storytelling too, right? Is that it's not a magic bullet. So in, in the terms of what I'm translating, I got, I got interviews with companies who were recognizing the value of cultural competency early on before anybody else did. So if I were to have sent my cover letter, and I did tailor all of my cover letters, right, to every single company. So I, I would find one or two things, whether it was my leadership skills and my act in my um, college career or my degree, it's always about pulling out those personal pieces that align to the company. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, if I had applied to like 50 different businesses, there's a good chance that a lot of them wouldn't have even taken my interview. Right. But because GE had nationally announced this campaign and then I did the research, I built a bridge story. So it's not just me pitching myself and saying, oh, I've got all these things. Right. And this is what I think fundamentally brand storytelling and marketing is about is understanding who you are, what aspects of you could bring unique value and help bring impact to the organization. What do they care about? And then you create the story that is the bridge between the two. So I'm assuming the recruiting manager then had um, made some of those connections, right? And that this person, the the person that he was one of the decision makers, there were three final managers that were on-site managers. And he was someone who was a very difficult to please person. I'm sure it was a mixture of both the conversation we were having and exhibiting some thought leadership and engaging in some really rich discussion with each other, even if we didn't agree on everything, but that some of those things like offering a new angle. The second piece is mindset. So one of the things in my program I talk about with storytelling is mindset plus message equals building your movement. So you can have the perfect words, but if you don't own your words the way you do, right? Rightly, I mean, you probably have experienced this. It's like, if we don't own our message, it's going to fall flat anyway. Right. You have to have that kind of gravitas and to kind of be able to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. You have to be able to demonstrate that what you say is congruent with what you said you would say. Yeah, exactly. And that piece is really important. And it's because... I had a strong, I can only control my side of the conversation, right? But my side of the conversation was feeling really centered in, wow, this is a company that's ahead ahead of the curve. This was in the early 90s. So really ahead of the curve in terms of the vision and that we share, we're aligned to the same vision. And I had a business minor, so I can articulate. So again, this is where I really believe it's the combination. It's not about just pulling one thing out and say, oh, I'm marketable because I majored in these subjects. It's the whole combination of having, okay, cultural competency, business minor. I've taken those accounting classes. I've you know taken some finance classes. And then leadership in terms of where I had demonstrated leadership, both at the level of uh, in the different organizations that I had run as, you know, in college too, so that my cover letter was about demonstrating, you know, um, 
you know, holistic sort of a sense of here's a whole picture of the different things I can, I can bring to you. I could be a, a significant contributor to you. Right. And then that shifts the conversation for what we talk about. And so ever since then, then, it, you know, in terms of resume writing, then a lot of that, and I've helped many other people who might've been either a Jack, Jackie of all trades, someone who has disparate experiences is like a scientist and an actor. And you're like, how do I bring that together? You know, you're a coach. I have a coach who I worked with a coach who was a stand-up comedian and she worked with major companies, you know, like Amazon, Costco, all these senior leaders there. And she never taught, she never brought the comedy. Right. So in the own your message, I'm like, she was passionate about that. And she felt like businesses needed the comedy to actually innovate more. So I was like, well, why not bring these things together? And she did that in her bio. And then she got she landed a, um, a keynote speak. She wanted to be a keynote speaker too. So she landed a keynote speaking gig with an international sportswear brand. And they said, we chose you in part because of the comedy. Now but she'd been leading it off the table, right? right because for, she, she didn't think it was important, but to you, this is like a, again, a flashing red light where it's like, dude, how are you missing this? This is like, yeah. this is separating you from everybody else. So instead of hiding it, and being like everybody else, lean into it and separate yourself from everybody else. Totally, right? Like I see that as what I what I see as branding. And, and something I wanted to bring back and kind of loop together was something you said earlier about how brands are, how people really under underestimate the power of a brand. And that what I heard you say is that, you know, whether you define the brand or not, it's going to be defined for you. It'll be defined by your clients. It'll be defined by your consumers, like whoever, right? Like the brand is ultimately going to be the experience as well as the product. And so this piece about mining our, the gems of our story, like I'm really passionate about helping coaches and other difference makers mine all those hidden gems that you might've thought to yourself, eh, I don't know that that's really important. It sounds like a nice to have, but guess what? That's the stuff that people are, you know, it's some of the best stuff. And when you bring it together, you bring more energy, right? To the conversation. Cause these are things you're passionate about. And it's and more authentic. This is, the, it's, more it's, it's yeah. closer to the truer you rather than this you that you're trying to show to other people that it is exactly what you think they want. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, that's where I, and I'm really curious for people in the audience too, if they've ever had that moment, right. When you're like, I've got to pitch myself and suddenly you've just disassociate from all the, from the brilliance naturally, because now you're in a mode of what do they need to hear? What do I need to tell them? And I've had those moments, which is why I needed this program for myself and why I created it. And recognizing that if you're actually speaking from that, that place of knowing, oh my gosh, like this, these gems are really, that's really unique to me. That's, that brings something really fresh. That actually brings something relevant in an unexpected way. And you can't wait to tell people once you've made those connections conscious for yourself and you can put it into words. Then suddenly you're like, instead of thinking, oh, I got to sell, I got to let people, you know, I have to impress them. It's more about, you know, like with my client, the coach who was the comedian, she's now speaking out all over the place about 
the importance of levity and laughter to build team morale to actually, um, especially in the time of the pandemic, she's actually made it more relevant and it's more fun for her. And right. she like, can't wait to tell everybody. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. I think that a mistake that a lot of folks make is that they try to be like everybody else. I think that you <laughs> yeah. have to, I mean, you have to have the core competencies. I don't want to say that you can be totally kind of out there because that to me becomes counterproductive, but you have to be competent and show that you can do whatever it is they're trying to do. But all those differences, all those unique um, kind of elements of yourself, that's what's separating you from everybody else. And I think that most people would be better served by doing more of that and, and shining the light on all that um, with the understanding I can do the the basics, foundational work of whatever my specialty is. I mean, that's an, a, a, I would kind of not kind of lean on that part of my resume. I would lean on, that to me is, of course I do that. What what makes me different are the A, B, and C here. This is what separates me from everybody else. And in my mind, it's better to not be selling, but I'm vetting you to see if you're the right fit for me. Yes. Because this is my, this is how I do things Absolutely. and this is who I want to work with and this is who I best work with. So if I can be clear on that element, then I'm not selling anymore. I'm choosing. And I'm, I don't like to be in the position of I'm hoping to be picked. I'd rather yes. be in the position of I'm picking and I'm choosing yes. you to see if you're the right fit for me. And this is what I bring. I know what I can do. I don't know if I'm going to be the right fit for you or you're the right fit for me. Yes. And, you know, you're bringing up a really excellent point and something that I, I learned, you know, through trial and error. And then in the program, we talk about a lot is there's, you know, I believe there's no such thing as rejection. It's just about alignment and fit, like you said, right? So it becomes a two way, a two way process of I'm going to share, I'm going to share what I can offer. And you're going to share with me what you need. And then we're sharing those pieces of our humanness, especially in coaching, right? You have to feel like this person gets you. You have to feel like um, they offer a, pers a unique perspective or the way that they go about coaching connects with you in order for you to have an impact. They could be the most brilliant person on the planet, but if you're not connected to them, it's not going to happen, right? So that connection piece is really, I think, where story comes. So I used to be terrified. I, I was used to be terrified of selling. Even as a young girl, I was an amazing Girl Scout who couldn't sell Girl Scout cookies like to my neighbors. And I was terrified of it. And so for me now, what it looks like is if I, I like you said, if I understand the places where I will naturally bring out my best and that certain types of clients fire me up give me goosebumps and then I bring my best, that's alignment. And if the person doesn't really vibe with what I have, they're meant to work with somebody else, right? That's, we don't have alignment there, but there's somebody else there that they can have that, that make that magic with. Right. And it, and it doesn't have to, I, I might know the person and that's the thing again of the reframing of the selling is like, I, know what I bring to the table. I know what my superpowers are. The clearer you can get on knowing your superpowers and what you bring to the table, all of the elements of that, then you can determine, is this person the right fit? And if you think they are the right fit, they may not know it yet, 
But like you've been able to do throughout your career is when you felt that they were the right fit, you've been able to articulate and demonstrate that, hey, if you partner with me, good things are going to happen. And it's almost kind of like your moral duty to try to help those people as best they can. They may choose not to work with you, but if you think it's the right fit, you should be going after them. And with kind of this sense of responsibility of I got something that's going to help you. And I would, and I feel compelled to tell you about this. It's not something you should be hesitant about or kind of, kind of sheepishly go after it. This is something you almost have to do if you're being authentic to yourself. I love that. When you said moral duty and that you have to do it to be authentic yourself, you know, I just, I could happy dance listening to you say that it is so true. And that's something I didn't realize either. And it, because in that moment, when I talked about the GE story, I felt this moral duty because after I had done all of this work, I started out by believing, well, what do I have to offer right in the business world to oh my gosh, there's some stuff that's missing in the business world that they need. And I'm not the only one, but I may be the only person they've ever met who has this type of background. And this could open the door for lots of other people. And we could have companies where people are really activating each other. So to your point, I think the you know, it's, it is our, I think it is our moral duty. If you're meant to change the world with your coaching, then playing small is not going to help the world and sharing your, your superpowers and your zone of genius is not bragging, but it's giving somebody an opportunity. You know, like you said, it's about being of service. And this is where for anyone who struggles with selling, which I know a lot of listeners um, to this show do having your genuine authentic story gives you power. That's not braggy. And it becomes something that, like you said, it becomes this moral obligation to, if you're meant to help more people and people need to know about you, you're just announcing it and you're sharing it. And then those who feel really inclined to you, it's like they get inspired to say, how do I work with you? Right. And they want to, because there's something in it for them because you're aligned with them. Yeah, (laughs) And you are dying to work with them. Right. It's just such a win-win, right? It's ultimately a win-win. And that's where you both can do your best work. I mean, that's the key. It's when there's the misalignment is where the problems are. Those aren't clients for life for you. And those aren't happy customers. Those are people that like, oh, well, I thought I was getting this, but I got this. So that's, you know, now I'm frustrated and maybe coaching isn't for me. And then all those kind of negative excuses start popping up. But if it's aligned, then everything's easy and everything builds. And that's where most people want to be. Yeah. And then you can actually, when we own that, right. And one of the things I think for I've noticed with um, working a lot with a lot of coaches in my program is that, you know, so visionary, right? And then a lot of the trans and they bring their brilliance without realizing it. It's like unconscious. It's like their zone of genius. They're just delivering it to clients. But if you don't know how to talk about it, you start to believe you don't have um, unique, you know, unique superpowers. And that's where tying together, like being able to take this unconscious brilliance and, and the hidden gems within you and articulate it into language becomes like the Lego brick click moment. Right. Where, and, but that's where yeah. you need kind of the fresh eyes and you need a coach. And this is where a lot of folks I think are 
not kind of getting the coaching they need in order to bring this element to life within themselves. They need the fresh eyes. They need this kind of unbiased, independent thinking person to look at them and say, here's kind of what I see. And you may not see it, and you might have this all this kind of baggage that you're bringing along that you're not elevating this stuff, and you might be embarrassed by it. There might be shame around it. But yeah. this is all good stuff here. And, you know, in the right hands, I can help you kind of take all these elements, separate yourself from everybody else, and really kind of lean into the superpowers and uh, that you have so that you can kind of maximize your talents. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I, I really... I really feel passionate about coaches being able to bring that out. I feel like coaches have um, immense power to change the world because they're, you know, everybody's a transformation maker. Um, You know, I'm a coach as well too. And I realized that we, if we can serve more people, there's tremendous um, possibility, right. For communities, for teams, for individuals to, to walk their walk differently. And that's what really excites me. Um, and I think in a, in, in a field where it can be very easy as a coach to say, oh my gosh, there's so many coaches like, look, you know, you know, how am I going to, going to stand out? And with the, the person that um, I mentioned, who is the comedian and the leadership coach, she came to me with about 35 credentials. <laughs> you know, she's had every, she has every possible certification And what she said to me was, she said, you know, Stephanie, my vision of success is I, you know, people come in through um, her certification for Brene Brown's courage to lead program. And she Mm -hmm. says, you know, in my heart, I don't really want to lead that. I really want to coach people to activate this humor piece. And so said, why don't, why don't, why don't you share your message around that? And like, let's cultivate that. And we had to mine backwards different clients that she had had in, in different certified programs that she had led and where she had actually unconsciously and naturally brought the humor to the table, right? That was her secret sauce. She was just like peppering over everything and being able to pull that out. So she could have her own lane of thought leadership in the, her coaching space. Like this is what she does. And this is what I mean by eliminating competition. It's like, whatever your passions are and what you said about experiences, we've even maybe had shame around. Um, I think about, you know, one of the things about gems is, you know, diamonds are, are actually made under intense heat and pressure. So the things you have walked through, you have triumphed over, like that is just all premium value on top of the certification you have, especially if you want to lead people through certain changes you've walked through then, oh my gosh, bring that out. Right. Well, that's where I think that your value is. And with that specific client of yours, you gave her permission to do that. She probably knew in the back of her head that that was a good thing, but you kind of validated it and said, you know what? It's a, it's the move to make. She obviously had the skills to do it. She's been doing that work separately, and she didn't think that it was worthy of being elevated into her coaching, and you gave her permission, and that gift had a real impact, and that's the value of a coach, and it's the value of you specifically of helping your clients kind of, um, you know, kind of lean into these superpowers they have at their disposal. They have them there. You're just a giving them the kind of permission and you're letting them know that these things exist 
and they may not think they're important, but if you can cobble together these three superpowers, all of a sudden you're different than everybody else and you bring a lot to the table now. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, it becomes effortless because those are your zones of genius, right? And you just, you, you give them without thinking about it. And so when you're able to articulate, articulate that in words with the energy that you usually have, when you're exercising this brilliance, it's, you become unstoppable, right? You become a magnet for exactly your dream clients. And if you're doing it right, you're repelling the people that are not your dream clients. Right. And you're happier, less stress, everything becomes easier. And that's how life really can be if you're aligned, right? That's right. Well, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to learn more about what you're up to, can you share the website that they can get more information or connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in, so you're for everyone's welcome to go to stephaniezong.com. Stephanie and Zong is spelled Z as in zebra, H O N G, stephaniezong.com. And you, if you're interested in doing a free consult call, you can book um, a clarity call with me if you are ready to, you know, put your crystallize your message together. And I also have a newsletter you can sign up for where I share biweekly different tips and examples of how people have found and articulated their special story and how they've activated it to be able to grow their business. Good stuff. Well, Stephanie, thank you again for the work you're doing. Uh, It's important and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee, for having me. It's been a real joy to talk with you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you next time on Coach the Coach Radio.